Come on in. I guess you didn't hear me knocking. Is everything all right? Yeah. Would you like some coffee? I'm sure there's still some hot on the stove. Oh, no, thanks. I can only stay for a minute. I just wanted to come to remind you to make sure that you lock the front entrance door when you come in at night. Some of the other tenants have been complaining it's being left open. And, you know, I really don't blame them with all the kooks running around killing people they don't even know. You know, it seems to me if you're going to kill someone, you at least know them real well. You know, that's very strange. There was a woman killed in the school I'm teaching at. It happened a few months ago. Do you know anything about it? Yes. I saw pictures of her body in the newspapers. Blood all over the place. It was awful. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Now, you take when Mrs. Crawley decided to do away with her husband. Mrs. Crawley? Who's she? Oh, she lived here a little over a year ago. Now, all she had to do was put some arsenic into Mr. Crawley's prune juice. Went just like that. Didn't feel a thing. That's a much nicer way, don't you think? Yeah. Of course, it did take me a whole week to air the place out. Uh, is there anything else, Mrs. Bloom? Oh, I guess you want to finish your unpacking. Yeah. I'll stop by later and we'll chat. Yeah, okay. Have a nice day now, you hear? Bye-bye, Mrs. Bloom. Welcome to the Worst Picture Cast. I'm Joey R. With co-host Grant Z, we take a look at bad movies we love so much and don't get enough love. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm ready to dive into this world of a uh, of an awful college <laughs> filled with awful students and awful teachers. Just a lot of awful. It's just the maybe the worst university in the world. One Definitely, the worst, yeah. That's what happens in the Bronx. <laughs> For this episode, we're super excited for our guest. Um, you may know him from Cinemusts, but you must cine-trust us that he is fantastic. We're very excited to be here. Mike, how are you? I'm great, but I take issue with that because I'm a Splatter U alum, Grant. So just shut you. I, I bet you went to like Gore-Tech or something. Yeah, something I, like I didn't mean to offend your alma mater. I'm sorry. Go Armadillos. <laughs> so how's that sociology degree doing? Yeah. <laughs> It's great. It's coming along. It's really hard to get when it's just the same class over and over because the teachers keep dying. Yeah, yeah, they keep retaking the class. The four-year intro to sociology (laughs) class is really interesting. But it seems like they have a strong sports program of pitching. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Absolutely. In the fall. Yeah. Fall baseball is... Fall baseball outdoors is a big business in... That's that's good. For them. That's that's where the money is. That, that's, that's, that's how they get the university bucks. <laughs> we all we all know there's big money in fall ball. Yeah, no so. football. No, no, no football. Fall baseball. Uh-huh. But we're here, and we're here to talk about Splatter University. What can we even say about this just wonderful piece of it's, movie history that took three years to get onto film it and released? A, it took a while for distribution, and it's amazing. 
So it was a $50,000 budget. They filmed it, most of it, in 1981, pretty much 60 minutes. And it took them until 1984 to realize, oh, we probably should film more. Yeah, they need to... to fill it out. Yeah. This deep yeah, plot. We need, yeah, we need 20 more minutes. <laughs> so let's just have the same shots over and over of college kids walking through campus and having the same conversations. Yeah, I was going to say, thank goodness they did it because the the richness of character that those 20 minutes <laughs> offer... Yeah, this is this is the the Ridley Scott director's cut. It adds so much more <laughs> to the story. Uh, yeah, I you really got, you almost got to know a third of the characters' names. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and, jo- and Joey and I are just coming off of the, our Lawrence of Arabia episode, where I mean, you talk about a movie that's a huge character study. And to follow it up with this... It was kind of jarring. It, it, it's a, it is a tough transition. Yeah, like coming off a movie, like, you know, big movie like Lawrence Arabia, I take a couple days off, I watch like nonsense a little bit before, then to go like, is this the next project? I was like, wow, what? <laughs> they, they did not watch Lawrence of Arabia in preparation. No. No, They didn't watch not. any movie ever in preparation, and I, that's why I love them. I, they did. They they watched a bunch of Hitchcock movies and thought, "Me too." <laughs> like, oh, we got this. We got this in the bag. They, we, they, we, oh, listen, they have they listen. They basically stole the scene from Rear Window. Yes, and and yeah. um, well, they they thought about it and then they chickened out at the last minute. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, should we? I don't know. I don't want to get sued. It might be too good." <laughs> And I don't want to get sued by Hitchcock uh, Estate. You know, Mike, I think you nailed the, probably the whole issue with this movie. They had the idea, and then they just could not commit. I think this is just an hour and 18 minutes of fear of commitment. For sure. Like, you can tell that they're trying to say something, that they want to say something, right. and they just never actually say it. And they're like, oh, they'll figure it out. Well, it's like they forgot. What they were like, in the beginning, you're like, "Oh, I see what they want here." Yeah, and then they forgot. They forgot their thesis, right? Because yeah. at first it was like, "Okay, this makes sense," especially when you're looking at early '80s like slasher movies. You kind of see what they're doing. It's like, "Okay, great," and then they just forgot or couldn't commit. I think I, I like the commit idea. Yeah, because I think that's probably more relevant to their lack of. Um, Lack of success. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's, that's, that, that's a good way of putting it. Utter failure is yeah. another way to put it. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's a New York-based movie. The actress grew up 15 minutes from where we're sitting right that's now. That's true. Not very so, far. Yeah, yeah, so I don't want to trash our local support. Well, listen, I mean, Long Island's strong, right? I mean, some of this is filmed in Sayville. Yeah. Which is a ways out east. And, you know, what was filmed in, it's filmed in the city, filmed up in Dobbs Ferry, yep. which is... Right outside the Bronx. Right outside, like, Westchester. Yep. Um, so it, it's a local movie by all accounts. Um, so that gives it some extra points. For us, it does. Yeah. I, I don't think Mike gives one shit about it. But <laughs> <I don't laughs> shit. Uh, well, that's what we need. We need to keep, keep us honest. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back for Troll 2. That was filmed in my backyard. We can switch roles. Perfect. Okay. See? That's great. It, we're all about balance here at the Worst Picture Cast. Yeah. <laughs> so before we really get into it, Mike, what, what is your relationship and history with bad movies that you love watching? Well, at Cinemas, I, I tackle the more prestige movies. So it, it's not a part of my usual workflow in the podcast world. But I do enjoy uh, on the rare occasion, probably once every three months, I get together with my brother and some old buddies from high school and we we will occasionally watch the the actively bad movies 
And um, I've, I've enjoyed those. A lot of the joy does come from you, you run your own riff tracks on your, your oh, own director's sure. commentary. And there's like yeah. everything that's stupid or nonsensical, um, which is the value of the movies. So I'd say fairly amateurish in those sessions. I've hit like the big heavy hitters, you know, your, the rooms, Tammy and T-Rex, Troll 2, all that. So Splatter U felt like I, w- I was getting introduced to the deeper world that I was starting to to really get into the undercurrent, the seedy underworld yeah, of, get, of what you guys do at Worst Picture. It's where it starts to get dark. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like Splatter you. Spl- the, the giddy joys of Chopping Mall are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Splatter You was kind of like your favorite band had like an import from like a, uh, like a London concert or something like that that you kind of found in the store. I think Splatter You is kind of like that thing. Right. It's kind of like this... Something yeah. you don't really see too often, but you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll check, I'll check that one out. You know, and especially we, you know, we just we we just released Chopping Mall episode, and um, yeah, we recorded Maniac Cop. We haven't released that yet, but you know, just those are two movies where there's competence, and you see, you know, some skill, just maybe not, you know, maybe not the full developed skill yet, maybe yeah, not the full they, idea yet, maybe just they didn't have the resources. But like, especially with Chopping Mall, you see, like, oh, they knew what they were doing here. They they just didn't have continuity. Money. There, whatever it yeah. was, there was some something. This was just a failure of ability. It feels like something that we could have done. We could have done this, this with totally, our phones. This is totally something yeah. that we could have done. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you, I think on your Samurai Cop, you guys mentioned this, but it's a feeling I have with watching the bad movies is. Even when they suck, I really have a lot of admiration for the people who, who say, I got this idea, yeah. I got 50 bucks, I'm going to make it happen. Sure. And, and I'll, I'll always at least give them that credit that if it's incompetent, it's like, well, they they had a dream and they did they it. They didn't it. just yeah. sit around and yeah. mope about it's going to come in someday. Like they grabbed the camera and went for it. And I feel that here with Splatter You. I feel there's passion but there's not a bill. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, though? They, and I, I do, and that's, that's, I think, one of the fun things about these movies. These are not, oh, we're going to get famous. This is all straight passion. And I love that because if I had an idea, I don't know if I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to take all my life savings and hope to, that I need to get this done. So I, I do respect it even, you know, so that's why, you know, you, you make fun of it out of love and respect. Yeah. Like, like we we've always said, there's a sincerity to the, a lot of these movies that you can that comes off screen. Because um, when when you when you see a bad movie that's insincere or they're making it bad on purpose, it just it feels gross. dirty. Yeah. It feels kind of gross, exploitative. So it, yeah. So watching a movie that people try to make well and this it's a it's spectacular failure. There's a charm to it. Yep. There's a lot of charm, and I yeah. and you ha- and I know you know I know that's not something everybody sees, but when you see it, it's great because then when you I think you need to then watch the Samurai Cop twos of the world, the we're making this to be shitty. Yeah, I don't want to watch. That's that. not fun. It yeah. feels awful, and it's just it doesn't feel like your time. Where splatter you? I mean, you know I've watched it a few times at this point. Like I'm gonna watch it again. Like it's fun. It's not good, but it's fun, and that's that's what I love about this. Yeah, exactly. So, well yeah, so one of our, I, I think one of our favorite categories here is um, how we get started, and that is our quick synopsis. Yeah. It's snarky, it's fun, but it really kind of what we take from the movie. Uh, Mike, you are our guest today. You're always insightful on cinema, so please, <laughs> I, I think it's only right that you start. <laughs> all right, well, let's see if this all comes together. <clears throat> 
Julie Parker is the new professor at St. Trinian's College, the number one sociology college in the state. For the teachers are uptight, the girls are loose, and the fathers who run it are somewhere in between. There's only one problem. Someone keeps murdering all the faculty. <laughs> Julie's going to have to figure out who's running rampant across campus, all the while trying to grade her midterms against a group of students who are the shittiest group of assholes whose names I couldn't possibly sort out if I tried. That's my guy. I love it. I, oh, man, what a fucking pro. Is, well the, done, The Mike. record scratch and everything. Yeah. I was close. The first, oh, man. The first, the first record scratch in a World in Worst Picture Cast history. Oh, man. Um, wonderful. Unbelievable. Awesome. Wonderful. Wow. Honored to bring a cliche uh, no, to the show. No such, no please, such, no such please. thing. Yeah, ever. Well, Grant, you can follow that. I, I can't for the life of me follow right. that one. I'll give it a shot. I, don't, I do not have sound effects. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. <laughs> say Joey does you and then you swear. Yeah, exactly. A new and inexperienced teacher lands a job at a small Catholic university as a sociology professor where she has to deal with terrible students, a rigid curriculum, and a killer who's escaped from a mental hospital. Luckily for her, nobody seems to care that the bodies of female co-eds are piling up. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Just nobody gives a shit. No one cares at all. All right. So here. Genitalia and continuity get sliced and diced in this slasher film based off day one of school. And three weeks later, for some reason, <laughs> more actors necessary than characters created make it a who's who of hoping for more murder. Here's Splatter University. Nice. <laughs> yeah, one of my <laughs> those are excellent. One, one of my one of my favorite things ever is when it says the next semester, yesterday. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I have no idea what that means. I. How is it? It's in the future and the past. There's the, like a time jump and a time. We're and it goes back. I. I realize retrospectively towards the end why they made the first time jump but i was thinking that the whole first like why all the time jumps why does it have to go like three years and then three weeks like, like, th there is like a plot contrivance that needs the three years but i thought the same thing like why don't you just yeah, like star wipe like, to the next because it's three years then we go to just a random teacher who i thought was a ta Gets okay next semester yesterday. Yeah. What are we doing with yeah. yesterday? And then like and through throughout the movie they're like, oh, we have midterms. You're like, okay, well that's October. Like we understand, right? There's, that we're like, yeah, we're halfway through the semester. We don't need these these markers, right? But even so, it's day one. She gets day, day she gets hired. She finds an apartment. She gets she gets hired thank, the day the thank, semester starts. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's really bad planning. That's it. This is a terrible school. It, it drove me nuts. So I, I'm a teacher, yeah. and this was my first, like, abandoned ship moment with the thing. was like, th there's students coming to class today, and you're having the interview now. But what kind of interview? You didn't talk about salary. But, you didn't talk about benefits. No. No. Well, and again, the implication was given was that she had the job, that the interview had happened, but then the scene is played like, nice to talk to you for the first time. Let's yeah. look at your qualifications. Right, yeah. Your nice resume. Class is in nice, 14 minutes. Nice to meet you, Dean. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and here's, here, I watched this with my, my wife's a teacher. So is my wife. wife's a teacher. You're a teacher, Mike. Okay. When, when they had that Jason Schwartzman priest come in, 
an observer on her very first class with no inf- no no and heads up. My, yeah. my my wife lost her my shit. Too. She's like, "How do you observe someone yeah. on the first day? That is ridiculous." Yeah, my wife was not happy about well, that. Well, they got good int- they got good intel. Yeah, I mean that is that is bad news. And it's good because it, <laughs> you really want to critique every aspect of this movie. So I like that specific part too. That means yeah. that's just like what? Are, like oh, they're just dicks here. They don't give a shit about like they're just. Letting you know that they do not give a shit about Julie. No, no one gives a shit about anybody. It, it is... They're no, all awful people. All. Like, to... And and maybe we can lay this off as semi-competent mm. filmmaking because that is... That's a motif that lays out in scene one because the the psychiatric hospital... The doctors call the patients guys. Yeah. Like, they I wish I could remember the exact line, but it's like, did you see some guys over there? I'm like, you call them patients, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, la- it's laid down immediately. Nobody cares about anybody yeah, we got in this some, universe. We got some dudes over there doing their thing. Right. And the guy's, the guy's like with the mannequin head, like poking his eyes. The guy with yeah, the mannequin head. Yeah, that dude's doing his dude thing. Yeah, no patients, no clients, no, not, not even some offensive 1980s version of it. Yeah. Like, no, like it call, it call them like crazies. That. Offensive, but at yeah. least like acknowledge the that there's dynamics here, yeah. not just you see any guy. Now, um, so that was shot at Bellevue Hospital. I, my undergrad, I interned at Bellevue Hospital for a year. Mm. You cannot just walk out of Bellevue Hospital, as it's, did it's you, the did most you, complex place. Did you see the guy with like the Could sideways you? hat poking? poking I wish, I wish, <laughs> okay. Could you if you stab somebody in the dick first? Yeah, is that a possibility? I mean, I guess. Yeah, does that <laughs> does that happen? does that compromise the security parameters? Can you stab one doctor in the dick and then leave? Is that how it works? <laughs> I th- everyone just gets so every every everyone that just comes up is just like ooh and just bails. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but what? So the first the first murder just stab right to the dick. It's, it starts off high. That's the only man to get killed in this movie. Yep. That is wild to yep. me. But it's, it's a great death. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, next category is seem to recommend. I wanted to recommend this. That, I, that was my recommend. Okay, it I, is. I, my, my scene I would recommend to somebody who hasn't seen Splatter You is just watch the opening. And if you don't want to watch it after that, then what the hell's wrong with you? Right, and that was almost my thing. Yeah. I feel like I was like <laughs> setting you up. It, it sets the table very well. Like it's, it's, you kind of know exactly what you're in for. Ev- no, everybody's apathetic at best. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see some dick stabbing. You're gonna see yeah. some very red blood. Very red blood. Very red blood. Um, and, but I mean, then the teacher gets stabbed in her boobs. She does. Yeah. So like they're making, they're trying to set a point. Yeah. Yeah, there there is there is this there is this purity angle to it, but it is not. Again, if they if they shift, I would love it if they shifted focus from these snot nosed kids, and they kind of developed Julie's character more, and like you can kind of learn through, you can kind of learn in. And you know, don't make her sociology, make her psychology. Better. And then and then you can kind of she'll teach her class about like crazy Get into schizophrenia obs- obsessive like, like puritanical people right. that would like do honor killings basically. And or if you're gonna do sociology, get into that. Because you could teach that, right? right? Like the okay. history of sociology. Like you could do that. Talk about 
Salem witch trials. Like, do a unit on that because we're in some sort of weird fall. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that would make sense. But, uh, but, but, uh, but we have to watch, uh, uh, I don't know, Tony and that redhead chick, like, trying to make out right. Tony, on a bench. Right. And yeah. Trying is the appropriate phrase. <laughs> yeah, they, they were not very good at making out. No. I mean, no. the two of them are awful. Tony and, and Dolly Ringwald. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, they're trying to make this point, the pure, like you said, purity. Kathy gets, you know, killed. She's talking about having the abortion, right? Yeah. But then priests are out there banging these students and just get left alone. Is, make- is, that, is that a commentary on the Catholic Church cover-ups? Ahead of its time. You're giving it a lot of credit. <laughs> I know. I'm giving it way more credit than it deserves. <laughs> that just hit me. That I just mean, dawned on me. What if, what if, this, what if that's part of it? Where, like the hypocrisy of the Catholic Church. I mean, I fucking love that. <laughs> Let's get into it now. <laughs> we're, we're taking a left turn, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Because- Spotlight's going to be the next Best Picture cast episode, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it has to be now. Yeah, I think we just we got well, there. Splatter University spotlight tie. Kieran, you're on the hook. <laughs> Kieran's crying right now, listening to this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but the, maybe because maybe they were saying something. I don't know if they were trying to make a man versus you know woman point. I don't because you could also say that the orderly who got stabbed in the dick. While you're stabbed in the dick, it was a murder of necessity. Um, necessity, not of. You know, planned Passion. out, yeah. right? Where with the uh, with the others, it was more planned mm-hmm. out. Oh, so for, that's fine. There's there's a clear difference, right? Okay, yeah. There's a clear difference in motive of of that kill. He was just killing to escape. Yeah, he needed an he needed an outfit. <laughs> he needed a bloody like. I don't care if you cover up the bloody crotch like that. <laughs> is that blood's going to seep through the coat? It's a white lab coat. It's super absorbent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you know, I you know, the eighties were not a time of acceptance for paranoid schizophrenics. You know, in twenty twenty two we're not super accepting. In the eighties it was way worse. Yeah, it, it's slightly better now. Right, didn't slightly. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Yes. So it didn't give enough credit to stab him in the eye or something. At least save the white clothes. Right, he wasn't thinking clearly and he just Well, I, I guess there I mean there still is a there still is a purity thing anyway. With the destruction of the white. Right. I mean, well, just just where he, where he got stabbed. Oh yeah, of course. Because because you do Even, see like he, he oh, does he does get his throat cut yes. too. Um. So I don't know. I think yeah. I mean, it it, it does make for a very striking visual. I, I will say that it looks great. It starts great. <laughs> it starts off at a ten. It really it's, does. But yeah. that's so, Mike. What was your scene? Do you recommend? Well, it's it's coming way at the end. So do you want me to give it now or as we get yeah. there naturally? Yeah, yeah let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah, we were, I mean, right yeah, spoil, okay. spoilers for yeah, Splatter. We, we spoiled the shit out of this. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> this is great. Well, well, you guys are giving a lot of credit to the to the opening, strong opening, potentially setting up like underlying themes that they have. <laughs> um, the, the movie's about to lose that. I, th- I think it's <laughs> the next like fifty minutes of movie we for cover sure. is going to lose that. Yeah. Um, Hard. At the end, though, I got super impressed. They kill Julie. I know. I think that was great. And I. I stand by that as an actual like it's, bold decision. It is and striking and, and yeah. confident. So that's that's my scene to recommend is Julie's death. I I I really love that because when she got stabbed, I, I remember the first time I ever saw this movie. Grant, me and you watched it together. We watched it with our wives. With yeah. our wives, and um, I remember thinking like, all right, she's gonna get up. She's gonna limp off. She'll be fine. I was so happy yeah. she died, and yeah. I like Julie. I think 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I think her failures are writing, it, not her. So, yeah, I think that's great. It, it was, it was like you said, Mike, it's very bold to kill off the final girl. And, like, and really in a unceremonious fashion, too. Like, she just, like, mm-hmm. she just got overpowered and, and, and stabbed. Like, it wasn't anything, like, noble or... or Right. Courageous. It's just... But, but at the same time, the move kind of doesn't feel overly exploitive on the part of the filmmakers. Like, it doesn't feel like a thing to be like, oh, the other slasher movies, the heroine gets away, ours will be different. Like, it, it feels like they're making that decision to throw the audience off guard, but it's a death that actually kind of hits in, in a movie where you don't care about hardly anyone or anything. Like, that just took me by surprise that I was like, holy crap, she's dead, and I actually care a little bit so that that easily made it the scene i recommend because i don't think any other scene gave me any sort of emotional connection the way that that one did and i thought it was a a cool little twist for sure julie yeah julie is the only character that anyone has any business caring about and yeah the fact that they killed her off like that is it it shows a a, it shows a, a rare confidence in this movie that uh i think a lot of movies wouldn't have the guts to do i agree yeah I think it's a good move. I think it's a strong move. Uh, Mike, you're a teacher. Let me ask you a question about Julie. Um, as, as a first-time teacher, get completely gaslit by her class three weeks in, but <laughs> how, would, how would you talk about Julie? Not, we'll talk about the character later, but how would you talk about the teaching prowess of Julie? So, I mean... Hang on, I gotta gather thoughts. On this one. <laughs> I was nitpicking her teaching the whole time, by the way. Um, it, it's established this is not, or it is her first teaching job. Mm-hmm. She hasn't yeah. done this before, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. I, I guess I buy it just because the way Forbes Riley plays the character, she is really unsure of herself. She is really trying to fit in, and she's clearly the same age as the student. So it's like, I, I could buy this. I could buy like the mismanaging your calendar and being like, oh, I guess if they all agree, like I really did say the midterms are due yeah. two weeks from now. I, I actually don't think it's the most unbelievable thing that could have happened, and I actually got a good chuckle out of that segment of how they got out of that. I thought that was actually a pretty clever little ploy. I think she's making a gigantic mistake on her first day of just saying, like, what do you guys want to talk about? It's like, what? They're dicks. You're there to tell them what they're going to talk about. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're the professor. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the one who leads the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and what you what you said about the uh, the whole midterm thing, that's why you need to print out a syllabus. That's why <laughs> that's why syllabus syllabi. A great exists. topic for the first day. Yeah, I just you just, you go over the syllabus and you say here's what midterms are due, and that way you can't get bamboozled. You, you can't get duped by by these uh, by these ingrates. I like the the first day scene because I think Forbes Riley does a good job because there is that pressure, especially your first teaching job you want to be the cool teacher like this is your chance to set up like are you going to be the scary teacher are you going to be the cool one and she's playing that game she's like i'll be i'll be pretty lax with like the text you choose or the topics the atten- for your papers the like she's even, clear yeah. yeah she's clearly trying to be like the young hip cool teacher mm-hmm. um she's just teaching a class of assholes <laughs> <laughs> they're such jerks like their last teacher was murdered and now they're just like dicks well like the the one yeah the- the guy with the beard and the sweaters. Well, that that guy. He's the worst. That I wanted. I want. I have never. Is that Tony? No, no. no I don't. This is one guy. The one guy in the green. There's a wolf sweater. howling guy. Well, that guy I fucking hate. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's the guy. The only, <laughs> the only. 
You only see in the sociology class. Yeah, he's only in the class. He doesn't hang out. He has like a green uh-huh. cable knit sweater. He's the one that brought up the um, the abortion yeah. topic in the first class. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And water. he steals like the kids. He steals the kids' paper later on. Yeah, when yeah. the kids not looking. But like that's that's kind of a funny gag too. Uh, the the one guy, the I, I guess he's. I even know. He was the one that showed up with like with the stocking over his head. Yes, at the, okay. in the dorms. Yeah, yeah. So like, he's mad that his teacher died, or he's upset that his teacher died because he has to retake the class, and like not yeah. because Someone his died. teacher was brutally murdered. Yeah. 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 And but like all these guys, it's it's it, it, they are the worst people ever. Awful. And not enough of them die. And that only the girls die. Yeah. No, seriously. And that that same joke like runs the whole time on these reshoot scenes that they did. It's it's their own friend, the girl they hang out with, is murdered, and one of them like all he says is like, "Do we still have to turn in the midterms today?" Then <laughs> I know they're they're, like, tr- they're garbage. That same people. joke is repeated. Like somebody was like murdered brutally, and it's someone you know, and they're like, "Bummer." And the only person who gives a shit is the teacher. Julie is the only one who cares. <laughs> It's yeah. like, poor Julie just wants someone to process this death with, and everybody is just out there, <laughs> just giving no fucks. <laughs> See, and, and Father Janice or whatever his name is, I love his like manage his administrative response to everything is like, "What's really bothering you? Why don't you yeah. take a night to sleep on it?" <laughs> the murder. Like, find a student like, with like, their throat my... slit in the closet, like. What's really going on? My only, my only friend, the only person I trusted in this entire school, I found in a, a like a, a supply locker, and yeah, yeah. that's why I'm leaving. He's like, well, you know, you're being rash. Why don't we Just, talk you know, later tonight. Listen, this, <laughs> no one making this film likes women, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, but like no. that's the thing. Like I, but, I don't, but Julie's a good character, or knows one, or knows one. That's <laughs> that's, that's probably it. The, the thing about this movie is, again, is the director trying to say something about the youth and how glib they are, or how self-centered they are? It's done so ineffectively that I don't know. Right, that's the thing. Like. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he set out to make a point, mm-hmm. but then again, I wouldn't be surprised he, if he wasn't either. He needs a good one if he's going to make that point. He needs the the student that stands out that is the good person to make that point. Right, there has to be, and I did there, they there try to, to do that with Kathy? Right. Yeah. yeah. She was she was the only one that seemed to care, but yeah, but like every like in, in any in any college class. You will have like a handful of assholes, probably. Of course, you have. But, you're dealing with eighteen to twenty-two sure. year olds, but most, but most sure, of the kids, sure. I think, are there to actually better themselves. So, like, most of the kids are like, "No, shut the fuck up!" Right. Like, midterms are today. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, asshole. Yeah. There, has like, be, there has to be at least four. <laughs> I stayed up all night working on this. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, she even says day one, like, you know, you have to, you know, to come to, you have to come to class sometimes. Ha 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 ha. Like you were saying, like trying to like be cool. So like she's even saying, if you're not ready, just don't show up. Like she was, clearly, you could convince her. Yeah, she was. She would told like she is the te- She is the teacher that would give you an extension. Right. For sure. Just yeah. Be like mm-hmm. everyone's getting murdered. Yeah. I'm having trouble sleeping. She'd fucking give you a pass. Yeah. Like I'm having crippling anxiety because my friend just got stabbed in the mouth. Right. And I think it'll be fine. <laughs> but I don't know because like 
I feel like the other teachers well, wouldn't be the it wouldn't be so compassionate. I, well, I don't know. We don't know anything about Mark's teaching style. <laughs> oh, Mark is no. And, and is is Mark also a sociology teacher? I assume. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I don't think they. T- I don't think they teach any other subject in this school. The, the, the three weeks best friend probably sociology because I mean you're probably spending most of your time with people in your department in a co- if you're in a university yeah. right they're, they're probably in the same wing yeah, yeah. right so it may, that would make sense so it's just yeah he's like he's yeah he's like Mark is having like sociology like. 402. Right. Something like that. He's like the advanced senior class. Right. Like he's really. He's really diving in to the, right. to, to he's the going, ins and outs of social. He's getting deep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the problem is like all of this stuff is crammed in on the reshoots, right? The reshoots are almost solely get the kids in there. Like we want this to actually feel like a college. So their knee jerk response is like, let's get a group of kids. And what do college kids do? They complain about going to college. They drink beer. They have sex. That's just so shoehorned in because like the real crux, the movie's trying to get at is this mystery. It's who's the escaped metal patient. Who's killing everybody. Like that's, that's the real crux of the movie. And you can tell that's like what everything is built around. And that the rest of this stuff is very shoehorned in because they, their 60 minute cut. They were like, Oh wait, we kind of dropped the ball here. We're set in the college, but we don't have a lot of college-y stuff. So let's real quick, let's take a week and just shove in the baseline of what we think that's like, and then we got to move. Yeah, it's it's like the um, we should we should say we keep on saying the director Richard W. Haynes. I feel like he wanted to understand the kids, and he watched like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like a lot of this feels like Fast Times, where it's there's these side conversations that really don't add anything to the plot. Nothing. And it's just kind of like a slice of life kind of non sequitur. And and this film is just has a bunch of that. Like I don't like no one like Tony raising his price for Nickelback to six dollars doesn't achieve anything. Right. It it doesn't yeah. it doesn't make the characters more likable. It doesn't add anything to the overall plot of the movie. It's just kind of there, and I feel like they wasted they wasted so much time doing stuff like that where they could have fleshed out Julie's character more, right? Like, or make the char- make everything kind of build a, like make a world. Like they tried to make this world, yeah. but instead they just kind of make this very fragmented reality that does again that's apathetic at best. Mm. Yeah, and and like you guys were saying earlier, the the side conversation is to set up a murder that will never get paid off. It's to make him the drug dealer, so the bad guy who's going to be an easy mark for the slasher, and that goes nowhere. Instead, yeah. his girlfriend, who's getting cheated on, gets... Who goes to class. Who goes to She's class. She's a good person. Yeah. Right. She, she was she yeah. like the one good person in this movie. Right. And a, a murdered by slicing her forehead? Does that murder you? Mm-mm. No, you would bleed a lot. You would bleed forever. But, like... Mm-hmm. But no. it's just your skull. There's nothing there that's going to kill you. There are no veins. Right. No arteries. Right. That's why wrestlers just slice their foreheads forever because it just bleeds and, and, and it and heals. Looks, yeah. And then, yeah, she'll get, she'll, she would get a couple of stitches. Right. Because when we saw her in the dumpster, <laughs> I didn't see any other wounds on her. I did I did kind of like that moment of, of her in the dumpster and them just throwing the beer cans <laughs> in. Like, cans I'm like, okay, that's, that's actually a pretty solid moment. It is funny. 
Yeah, that, when, yeah, and especially since Tony's the first one, he's like, oh, this beer sucks, and just, like, slams, dunks it. <laughs> like a full beer. But that's why this works. That's why, like, I enjoy it, because there's things like that that, like, I laugh at. He's like, that's an enjoyable moment of, like, of a movie. I just don't know if they know what they're saying, what they're trying to, like, do with it. Oh, it, it's no, completely that's, that's 100% and... like, this is a funny gag. Let's put this right. in the movie. It's yeah. Daytime bar. Tony has one of the most confusing continuity issues, I think. So it's day one of class... We see the first class, uh, Julie's first class, and then Tony and the red, redhead's trying to make out with Tony, and Tony's like, oh, I didn't go to my four o'clock, the girlfriend's there, and he starts talking shit about Julie as a teacher. It's her first day. She's had one class so far. Yeah. And he's like, oh, she's such a stiff, she's such this and that. Like, what are you talking about? No one knows her. Yeah. And, and, she's, and she's giving you the impression that she's anything but a stiff. Right. And she's like a year older than you. She seems like a lovely person. Yeah. Like it just doesn't even make but like no. it doesn't make sense. Well again, with the reshoots and like let's get college right. life, their their inference they're making is like what do all college kids hate? Teachers in any variety. It doesn't matter they, who they are or how they teach a class. They just hate their teachers. They complain about right. their teachers. Instead of just like a very simple, oh, she's new. I'll, you know, I'll get out of it. Who cares? Like, which would have been more believable. But like you said, Mike, it's just squeezing it in. And that's, that's where it, I, it just really hurts it. Well, like, here's, here's, I just looked this up. The director, uh, the director of this movie was like 24 when he made this, he's not some weird old out of touch guy. Like mm. he presumably he just finished college a couple of years ago. Probably, probably not film school. Probably college. Probably, I mean, I, I assume <laughs> sociology school. <laughs> probably has a degree in sociology. Um, but so like it's it's weird that because this has like a this this kind of smells like a fifty year old person writing the story. Because they have no idea like how kids interact or humans. Yes. Yeah, and it's just it's just funny seeing that this guy is basically a contemporary, which makes it all the more confusing. Yeah, and I think I think we have to go back to what Mike said though. You know, they were just like, "Oh shit, we have to make sure they're like people." We only have a week. Let's just <laughs> take yeah. every like whatever random trope or stereotype and just like lazily throw it in there. And I want to, you know, I'd, I'd be curious to know how much of it is written down and how much is just like, all right, be a college kid. Oh, this is totally well, they, improv. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, cause didn't they, they slept in the classrooms cause their two week schedule <sighs> went down to yep. one. Right. So yeah, yeah, this, this is totally like the, the maximum amount of prep you got was they were drinking at night in the room. Being like, <laughs> we should try this line tomorrow. And yeah. then, you know, the next morning comes, like, what was that line? Uh, I don't remember. Let's just make something up. Oh, no, just just how like a wolf, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but again, you know, but back to Julie, the actress. She realized that there was nobody taking any continuity. So yeah. she started taking <laughs> notes on her outfit so that yeah. she would always be right. She was the only one that, yeah. like... She gave a shit, but that, you like, feel that she gave a shit. Yeah, I know. Long she's, Island's own, man. She's the only one who's wardrobe changes i swear all the kids are wearing the same shirt every day that guy who made all the uh the midterms has like the same red shirt on yeah the whole yeah. time green sweater the green sweater um tony i think switches between two he's got like the tan sweater and i think he has one other outfit yeah i think he just uh, has like a cover like a heavier sweater and a thinner sweater yeah. Yeah. also well, september well, in the bronx is not cold 
No, it's, no, it's warm. Yeah, there's a lot of flannel for September to early October. So, they, Southern New York is warm. In yeah, September. It's, 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 hot. it's basically summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Wolf, like Wolf had the same blue tank top, and like the mm-hmm. tight and the tight jeans. He yep. had this. He never changed. Never. They're all just a bunch of dirt bags. Yeah, just a bunch wearing, of <laughs> wearing the same clothes every. So I want to talk about my scene. I'd recommend. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah, uh, <laughs> we have derailed. No, that, it's, that it's ran good, away. It's a good conversation. We had to do it. That's fair. Um, so I was, you know, I was going to go to the dick stabbing, but that, that almost felt too competent. Um, Julie dying, another too competent. I went with something where I think they wanted it to be too competent, but it got away from them. The drive-in scene. So yeah. So ah. they so they pull in. You know, we see uh, Kathy going through something in the back with just the fucking, you know, they did set up that her boyfriend's a piece of shit. Everybody who meets him is like, oh, that jabroni. I think that was funny. He does, he does sell it very well that he's just like this fucking mm. meathead. Right. Asshole. Asshole. Yeah. So, you know, his, the friend who, you know, the forger is, is with his girlfriend in the car. He gets pissed. Go look. Someone's there. Da, da, da. Kathy gets killed. Kathy puts get for the front seat. The boyfriend gets in the back. He's like, "Oh, you fucking attitude! What are you on your period? You in your moods? You in your moods? You in your moods? I, she is murdered." I that might be too confident too, because the framing of that shot is really good with her in the it's foreground. Really good. And he's like far right. Like it's that is another shot that I was like, okay, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I yeah. think it does it, but I think it. I think it that has everything where they have the competent piece of it. It's funny. But it also has, like, the ridiculousness of it, of, like, the friend being like, oh, is something going on? They're like, oh, no, it's just the movie. And then, like, the movie coming through the speaker. Like, they have everything from competent to, like, wildly incompetent in, like, three minutes. And, and also, kind of the, the boldness to kill off a pregnant girl is kind of, yeah. it's kind of savage. Yes, uh, and it felt extra. It, that, they kind of add, yeah. that adds, and because... She's a because she was like a character that had some kind of an arc where she was like at least trying to achieve something or she was trying she was going through something yes and that just got completely taken away from her destroyed and it's that that death kind of kind of stings a little bit too yeah I wish you know because I I I I agree with Mike Julie was the only death that like I cared about but I really wanted to care about Cat she was second second yeah. place. And yeah. I, I think I don't know what it was, and I don't know if it's that right away. Julie is well. I didn't really know her. I only talked to her a few times, and then the mom's like, "Oh, she had all these problems. Like they shit on her so quickly. You're not <laughs> even allowed to like sit in it. Like yeah. where I feel <laughs> like if someone cared about it, if more. I mean, Julie cared the most, and even she was like, "Well, I didn't really know her. Let me live in this death for like a little bit, and yeah. then I think it would have hit." Right. The, the epitome of, no, the epitome of how little anybody cares about anybody else in this world is like her own mom is like completely like the, you know, like <laughs> a little drive problems. back home, so I'm going to take off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we do this quick? I have shit to do. And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far, as far as, like, Julia has the heart to heart with her. And the worst cut in the history of movies. Oh my god! <laughs> can we talk in in private and then they're just outside? <laughs> she almost had like a southern accent when she said that. She was like, "Can we talk in private?" And then like immediately just flash, <laughs> just flash somewhere. In this, they're standing in the same and, same way, just outside. And like the news is already <laughs> broken to her, right? And she already Julie, knows what happened. Julie knows everything she needs to know. <laughs> so they go through. 
they, it's, it's, we see Tony raising his, his weed prices, but we don't see that conversation. Right. Like, right. this is, this is the problem. There's, they were like, we, there's sorry. No, there's a lot of weird tell don't show going on. And like, there's a lot of things that they mentioned. Like, yeah, I like was over here last night talking to the father. I was like, seems like that would have made a pretty interesting scene instead of just another like yeah. we hate midterms rant. <laughs> <laughs> right, like they were so. Did you guys know of college it? kids don't like midterms? This was news to me. You know what? That's apparently all they yeah. care about. You, you, uh, you, uh, Spider University armadillos. You hate your midterms. <laughs> It's just, it's going to fi- it's going to class at six and then going to a bar hours later and it's still being daytime <laughs> because the Bronx has the same sun as Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of going to the bar, did you guys notice that um, the guy at the bar that was stealing the beer? Yeah. He was yeah. in the mental hospital. Yes, he okay. was. The, was it, he? Yeah. He was the guy with the. He was the guy with like the. Um, what what did he have? He was the guy with the head. No, 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 no. He was, it wasn't he was head guy. Being a, no, he's oh. being escorted down the hallway. Oh, I thought it was head guy. I even no, so, so I was no. wrong. <laughs> no, it's. But yeah, yeah I, he, and I mean, no, no brainer. There's a cast of twelve people. Like, <laughs> you got to circulate. Well, maybe you know, maybe he got out. Maybe you know, maybe he. You're not there forever. Yeah, I mean, maybe whatever needed to be corrected got corrected. And now he's going to the have, fastest draft in the whole wide world. Literally, yeah. they sit down. Beer there in a glass, filled to the top. No, no, no foam. Very watered down. Very yeah. watered down. No, fo- but I don't. He they literally just turned fastest, town. fastest draft in America. It's definitely one of those. It's definitely one of those CD bars that just like fill up pints. Yep. Like and they just like bring them out and, like, and they're just they're flat and warm just, and gross. Right, but you don't know enough, and you only paid a quarter for it, so you don't really give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the only it's the only place in like the area that doesn't ID, right? Really, or they, they ID, yeah. but like not really. Right, we all know those places. Yeah, we all went to them, and we all. Prote- and, and you know what? Those places are not around anymore. Yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> they're under new ownership. <laughs> R.I.P. Courthouse. Oh my God! There was a do- remember there was, there was a dog in there. There was a dog. There was a guy that was like. Selling clothes. Yep. You know, he wore a cowboy hat and he sold clothes. Yep. Um, Mike, we went to a lot of sketchy places. Did, this is the sketchiest place I, of all. I was going to ask, did you guys like sit around for twenty minutes while he talked about how he was raising his prices on his clothes? <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably to distract while our friend Kevin stole all of the football helmets there, off the wall. Both, yeah, he stole a Seattle Seahawks helmet. Yeah, full sized helmet. So hey, he right. stole that off all the right. wall. There'd be a. There'd be a random dog there sometimes that no one was accounted for. But uh, funny, funny story. You guys uh, should the, remake this movie. This sounds like a much more interesting bar. I don't know <laughs> what we get to see. Uh, that that bar we're talking about was in a uh, was in a Hollywood movie film. What? Do you know that? Uh, young adult with Charlie Theron. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The courthouse is in there. No, I swear to God. That's amazing. It's one of the CD bars she cool. goes to, and she like hangs out with Pat Oswalt. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's uh. So if you watch Young Adult, you can see one of the bars that we uh, snuck into as kids. So when we when we redo Splatter University in a few years, when we do Splatter Grad, Splatter Grad School, <laughs> the Splatter Graduate, everybody's going for the sociology PhD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm down. This is we Robinson. Find... You're trying to impale me, aren't you? <laughs> there it is. Where do we want to go next with this? Just absolutely. I don't know. Uh, can we can we talk about? I'm lost the, in the middle. To be honest, I can't remember yeah, the sequence of events. They're, they're, it's just it's kind of, a lot of kind of the same. 
We're just kind of in the weeds right now. Um, I I think where the, where the plot starts to develop is when they suspect Mark is the guy. Okay, yeah, I think that's the next... The way they go back to the original sociology teacher getting murdered to, like, remind us that she said, oh, Mark, Mark yeah. for a movie that doesn't want... Right, like, like you said, a lot of... You know, not not showing things, not really telling things. For them to go back to that felt like just weird. Like we could remember. Yeah, this, like, this guy does not trust the audience. Like, at no, all. like they, <laughs> he didn't trust himself. I think, which I think makes the killing of Julie all the more yeah. fantastic. But it was such a weird to go back to it. I, I didn't know why. I don't know. What were you going to say? Is, is this another dropped thread? Because they make this big deal, like that the old teacher and Mark had something going on, like. In the tone of voice, implying like some kind of like scam or something, like maybe they're in on the cover up of like the the Padres and their sexual relationships with the students or something. But no, it just goes nowhere. You never know what it was about. It was just the, the red herrings all over the middle of this movie are so aggravating because you know they're there to develop this scream like model of making it a mystery of who the killer is and giving you a couple viable options. But like, yeah. That doesn't work if you don't, like, wrap up the red herrings a little bit, you know? Right. Like, like Mark having yeah. the locked desk with all of the newspaper clippings and yeah. never having any explanation for that is yeah. nonsensical. Yeah, what's the opposite of a red herring? Mark, Mark's a dead herring. Right. Okay, so let me ask you guys. Hey, did, there we go. Yeah, like, did, it just doesn't work. Did either of you at any point think Mark was the killer? No. no. Right. So now they I'm, leaned into it so heavily, it was clearly not that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, it, it was, it was way, it was way, like, at least it was, it was like in Scream, they had like, like, you're like, oh, at the, at the very beginning, you're like, oh, it was Billy. And then when he gets, when she gets called yeah, in prison, exactly. in prison, you're like, it's it throws you up the scent a little bit. It's a great, but, but Slattery was not that clever. Yeah. Like make, make Mark the journalism teacher or something. So there's another Ooh. subject being taught at this school, and then we've got to... It's not that hard. I just came up with... I, have, I didn't even think about that. I literally came <laughs> up with that in five seconds. And you made it 25% more interesting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I'm... Like, that was the big one, but there's there's a lot of those around. The The thing is, is like, there's so many of them that it, it clearly points back to who it actually is i'm i am super bad at figuring out twist endings like mystery movies i suck at figuring out who the killer is but first first interview scene i'm like it's it's the d it's it's probably jansen yeah like they they tried like they try to set up the other priest because he gives he gives julia a look when she kind of sees the priest and and his assistant kind of setting up the date or whatever yeah. Um, they even they even set up uh, the landlord, Mrs. Bloom. Yeah, I actually bit. thought that was yeah, the most she interesting was... setup. <laughs> they set yeah, her she up was... a little bit. Yeah, she was making me question. I'm like, it might be her. They might go like Friday like... the Thirteenth on this, which would have been cool. Yeah, and that would have been great. I actually love that setup because the priest with the the priest with his like assistant, like you said, was you know he was like cartoony rapey. But mm. I did want to spend more time with. That assistant, like, why didn't her and Julie be friends? Like, she seemed likable. Yeah, yeah and like then, she could have been an interesting she character. Sociology. Right <laughs> it's a she's, very she's, elite club. She's a TA to a priest, uh, and and her and her death is meaningless. Meaningless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's just we don't know enough about her. I mean, 
or anything. It's just a death. To give a shit, yeah. Just a way too loud piss. Well. <laughs> it was <yeah>. unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't I, get, I did get, like get the graffiti. Yeah, that was so, fun. But, I, I gotta say, lipstick graffiti in a bedroom <laughs> is a bold choice. <laughs> I hope she throws out that Revlon. I, I hope she but gets also, rid of that. I, but also some great slogans, like, you're in the money. That's fantastic. That's good. That was the best writing in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most clever dialogue in the movie. That and her, like, wall. exasperated sigh of relief when she starts whizzing, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, you gotta go, you gotta go. No, I get it. <laughs> um, so I, I think we should also talk briefly. There, there's a pretty badass cam- pre-cameo in this. Oh, what? Pre-cameo. He wasn't famous yet, right? Who? Jimbo. Oh, Jimbo. The guitarist from Faith No More. If you're... Okay. If, uh, yeah, anyone out there who is familiar with Faith No More, the, the guitarist with the, with the long hair and the beard, and he had a little cameo in Bill Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah, he also was a writer on that in Biodome. No kidding. Yeah, he was, he's written a bunch of stuff. Like, uh, he, is, he is one of the, he's one of the friends at the, um, in, at the college. I think he's the one that gives Tony shit for raising his prices. Yes. And, and he's, seen, and he's, he's in, in a lot of the walking around scenes. He's in the... The tall guy. Yeah, the bar scene is the only time he really talks. He kind of looks like the tall friend from Footloose, just not yeah. as good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a cool pre-cameo. He's trying to, like, get his bearings into that world. It is very funny that, um... Grant caught that. He deserves all the credit for that catch. Well, I mean, I I saw it. I didn't catch it. I didn't didn't look at the guy. No, no, I know, but you pointed it out, so... So, yeah, if you're familiar with Faith No More, and, um, that's where one... That's where the guitar's gotta start. I'm sure he talked about it all the time. I'm sure the tour bus, he got roasted for some of his line deliveries. (laughs) I would just, I just, I would scrub, if I were him, I'd just probably just scrub this. Just scrub it from my IMDB. But let, let's talk about when the failure to make, to create a tense scene with, um, with Julie when she's in Mark's apartment. Yes, the, the, ha- the lack of commitment to Rear Window, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it just, it almost worked, but I, it yeah. didn't. I don't know. Having no idea how far the school was from the apartment. like That's every, a big part of it. Yeah, like, because he gets in the car. Like, it could be 45. Like, if I left my job to go home from lunch, it would take me a half hour. Yeah. Like, that would mean nothing. You could search my entire house. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it, like, is it just down the road? I don't know. Right, like, just not setting up any parameters whatsoever. Like, let us stay with Julie and Cynthia the entire drive to, like, hash it out while Julie goes... Pretty big change. Like, oh, they had some dude, and Julie, he's the fucking murderer. I'm not going to go to the police. I'm going to search his house. I'm going to go to a, a scumbag priest. Yeah. Yeah, because he'll, he'll know what to do. Right. But they'll just, so we, when, he open, when he opens the desk and there's all the newspapers, it should have felt something. Why didn't it? Because I think deep down everyone knows we that all Mark knew. wasn't the killer. Yeah. Like, no, no one was, no one was. Okay. No one's suspicions were confirmed at that point. Okay, it was so heavy-handed that it wasn't even... Well, yeah. It's also, like, the laziest gluttony of evidence. Like, it's that scene in Minority Report where Tom Cruise catches the fake guy that killed yeah. his son. It's, like, all these pictures of 
all these kids that this guy's kidnapped over the years. It's like, really? Like, you're going to leave that all lying around? Sa- same thing. Like, really? Just gigantic print typeset newspapers hoarded into this desk? Like, you're going to tell me this is the guy? Just a note that says, I'm the killer on it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time stabbing this guy in the dick. Yeah. But at least if he was a journalism teacher, there would be some sort of backstory and be like, no, I was working on a, you know, I'm working on a project. I'm trying to right. he's just a guy. It's my, it's my students' yeah. midterms. I'm grading. Right. I freaking hated it. Exactly. <laughs> or like even, <laughs> even, even if there was like a ticket stub for like the drive-in movie theater. Right. Something, like, you know, just something like, vague. Just something like that. Yeah. So heavy-handed. Yeah. So heavy-handed. That's that just like, come on. <laughs> I mean, that would mean that they trusted you to put the clues together, which we would have to deal with another cut to them buying the tickets and Kathy getting killed to be like, That's oh, true. yeah, there was a drive-in in this movie. <laughs> I mean, listen, I did like the ticket t- taker at the drive-in. I thought that was I a did too. funny character. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have liked too. to go back to, I would like to go back to that for like three second lazy flashback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't set the prices, prices, prices. Right, (laughs) even though they did set up that Julie and Mark were at the movies at the same time at the indoor theater. So, but that was before, right? No, because when Cynthia calls, she's like, at the movie? No, me and Mark were at the movies tonight. So, like, the timelines, you could go to two movies in a night. But I'm saying, so, like, they're they're just setting up confusing. They're not, they didn't, they weren't clever enough to set Mark up. It was just like a big wink every time he showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the menacing walkover, like at the, with, like the, the, same, with the black pants, the black yeah. pants. Oh, hi, Mark. That Julia says that. No. I mean, the room oh, really. Yeah, the room I reference know, is beautiful. Like, <laughs> as a pre-reference to the room. Yeah, the room is great. I, I love that he was like, "Oh, that's my favorite line from Splatter University." Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, like a, a big missed opportunity sequence, to, you know, to set up that the guy in the hall sees her, identifies her, maybe gets a picture of her, like, hey, this is going to yeah. be trouble later, and never shows up again. Just nothing. No. It was such, it was such, it, because I do think that that, so when we were talking about our scenes that we recommend, I do think we nailed the most, three most important scenes. I think the fact that none of us brought this up shows what a failure the scene was, because this should have been a layup scene. This could have been the most effective scene in the movie. Yeah. And it, it just, it, yeah, it just, I don't know, like, it just didn't know how to, they just didn't know how to handle tension well, you know. No. For, for, no. at all. But make it a little bit longer. Let us know something, like, just, yeah, like, you, there's just no tension in this scene that should be all tension. Well, and Julie just kind of hopped around the room like she was in, like, Snow White, instead of, you know, searching for a murderer. Yeah, she, she did not, she was not super sleuthing. Right, well, she, she was yeah. like dancing around, <laughs> and like her and her friend was just like honking the horn indiscriminately. Yeah, bad job honking the horn. And it just bails to turn around. Like, yeah. <laughs> when and when your friends, here's what you do uh, for those taking notes at home: if you're sneaking around somebody's house and somebody, you have a we, you have a you have a driver, right? You get a wheelman. You get off on foot. And that car is down the block. That car right. is, is around the corner, and you just walk You walk out there silently. Yep. Uh, you don't get into that car, and it, it honks and drives away. Peeling out. It's, um, that's, that's one good way to get caught. And if they were doing it to show that, like, oh, Julie's clearly not a sleuth, but it was just they didn't have the idea. Yeah. Like, because, you know, a, a, 
In a different movie, that failure to get him is what leads to Cynthia dying. Not just Cynthia, again, instead of going to the police, goes to a priest. Right. Right? Not their lack of sleuthing, which would have made sense. Right, exactly. And I would have been like, oh, that's cool if they... But no, they... they uh, guys, I think we just should write this movie, right? I feel like we could give this movie a treatment and it could just... It can... Yeah. We could totally have it work out. Splatter PhD. Yeah. Coming. All right. <laughs> Next year. Exactly. Coming. Come, uh, yeah. Mike, we only need a week, so you just have to come out to Long Island for a week. You could I can use a vacation. The filming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's there there's a few colleges up here we can yeah, use. Yeah, I'm sure to... somebody will let us borrow time. <laughs> sure, that can work. Like, do you have a really good sociology program? No good. We're gonna exploit your school. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the worse the better. Really, <laughs> I want bottom of the barrel. Um. So, what did we think of so the 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 redhead Denise? Yeah. What do we think about her uh, murder? I don't know. It was stupid. I- it it was stupid, but I at least like the shot of the the knife in her mouth. It, it was at least kind of different. It, it, it wasn't just like another knife yeah. going into a shirt. I I liked it, it because it, they they were trying to do something cool. I think execution didn't work, but I think it I think it's a funny idea. I think it could have been done really well. It's just the fact that you just kind of see the you just see it kind of go in and and fall out. Right, that was the problem. They, they, not, not even fall out, but it just kind of it it just kind of cut goes in and cuts. Um, I do, I yeah. did like the awkward. I did like the awkward cut of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all we all knew that was coming. Uh, oh, I mean, she was the most telegraphed death. I think. I'm surprised it actually took that long. I know because they didn't develop <clears throat> yeah. her. She just she liked the biggest schlub in the school. And yeah, like, and, then, and then she then she banged the other priest. Right. Yeah. And then after she banged the other priest, she got killed. Yeah, which 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 again was their point. It was was this another attempt to telegraph that this priest, this other priest, was the killer? If so, they did that very poorly. Right, because she was too surprised seeing him. Well, it was that, and it was just like you see them talking for two minutes, and then that's it. Like, right. If you saw her like leaving his. Leaving his room and like him looking like kind of evil, like staring at her, watching her go, that might be another, right? Yeah, you know, that that could be another payoff, but no, it did not happen. So, and I, I think it goes back to I don't think they understand that you need tension in a movie. <laughs> you know, we've we've talked in past worst picture cast episodes that you know not enough blood. I, I, they they went at it with some of the blood, like the 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 uh, the teacher's assistant. There was a lot of blood at that point. Well, and you, see, you saw her intestines too. Yeah, you saw the intestines. Yeah. I think that was cool. I think yeah. they did a good job there. Her meaningless death, but at least it looked good. Yeah, they. I think they did a pretty good job with the gore overall. Kathy's, you know, we we gave credit to the shot, but I also think the makeup for her her throat was good. That was gnarly looking. Yeah, um, most they, of the bodies look, look good. Yeah. Yeah. The forehead one, I think the way she was posed looked good. I just think that was just not understanding that you can't get murdered that way. Just the, mm-hmm. the science behind that, it's rough. But the posing was cool in the dumpster. Like, it was, again, trying to make a point. But Yeah. But I, I, the makeup for the forehead looked great. I, you, know what I, you know what kind of reminded me of? In the first Friday the 13th, when Kevin Bacon and his girlfriend are in bed, and then it pans up, and then 
their friend is dead on the bunk, on the top bunk. Right. I feel like that was kind of, they're going for something similar to that, like, oh, they're having fun, and yet their friend is, is dead right over here, and no one knows it. But, yeah, like, a, getting your forehead cut is not going to do that. So, like, that kind of breaks the suspension of disbelief a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But cool pose in a dumpster. <laughs> for sure. Getting smacked by a beer can. <laughs> so insulting. Method. It really is. It really is. <laughs> and the fact that, like, because, like, this priest is killing girls that are, well, impure. In, in well, I guess Julie's friend was kind of like a... A nes- like a, nes- a necessary killer, right? Yeah, Julie's was another dick stabbing, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Julie's friend. Yeah, Cynthia. Yeah. But the other ones were, they were, they were for like a, <clears throat> a, like a puritanical standpoint, and that girl, the forehead girl, was not deserving of that. But just maybe because she was dating a scumbag, it was like by proxy, like you are, you know, like you are who you surround yourself with. I guess in his, you know, in his mind. In, I don't know. That's yeah, the only thing I that mean, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't want to break my brain trying to get behind the logic of this movie. But the first, so Kathy's first friend we meet in that like burger parking lot where they're just all the worst people on earth. Where I, I wanted to kill them for real. That friend should have get killed. Yeah, like they, they telegraph that she would, but like she never shows up again, right? Doesn't she? Uh, The the problem is all these characters are so interchangeable. I'm like sitting here in awe of you guys for remembering their freaking names. (laughs) Oh, you mean the blonde girl that the pretty girl was talking to? So that gets into the back of the room with Kathy that's dating the howler rapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she she just, yeah. She disappears, but like she was set up to get killed. Maybe she doesn't go to the school. Maybe she's a high school kid. Because rapey howler... Yeah, his name his, his name is Wolf in this movie. Yeah, though I call so. him the Rapey Howler. Rapey yeah, Howler he's fucking terrible. Yeah, that's fine. Either way, <laughs> either way, really. Yeah, um, he's a, he's the worst. You talk talk about a guy, like I think we all know people like this. They like they know how to make one noise, and like that's what they use for their that's personality. their entire personality. Yeah. Oh my god, I would I would I would hate to be with this guy. I would kill him. I really would. Like, I, I, oh, he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, See, it's, so, it's a somber note so let, because we all know he doesn't get killed, so that was just a big Right. Honor, I like, know. Yeah. It's a really like, funny. Like, of, of all the people, if all the people he Like, I killed. wish Wolf got killed. But I, I think let's go to the twist. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It's Father Jensen. It is. With. Okay. So I think it's a good twist. Do I, it was clearly telegraphed early, like Mike had said earlier. But a knife in the crucifix is clever. I it's like good. that. For that a really priest, good. I think that was very clever. And I think, you know, I, I think they tried to not telegraph it to the best of their ability. I think the actor just wasn't good enough to not telegraph it. Right. But I think if the way they do it is him pulling a crucifix off of a wall and then pulling the top off into a knife, I think that that is... A really cool thought, and I think it works. I do too. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and go easier on him with the the acting because he's also got to direct the thing. So he's pulling double duty. That's fair because he, the actor that they paid just didn't show up. And there's there's a part of me because you hear these stories all the time of like actors who ditched a project 
and either they went on to one that was great or one that was terrible and like there's a part of me that so wishes it's it was like a it was like f murray abraham and like the party went on to do was salieri and amadeus <laughs> that's you know you, you might be spoiling us a little bit here <laughs> some of our category. <laughs> um, yeah the crucifix thing is clever Again, with the lack of tension, why, you know, her death was my scene was because I I was kind of sleepwalking through the movie at this point. I didn't feel like the stalking of her was a particularly effective or tension-ridden scene. So her death, like, kind of hit me out of nowhere because I was kind of just staring there on autopilot, like, when's she going to do the thing where she, you know, slams his hand in the door and gets away or whatever. And then it was just she was dead. And I was like, holy crap. Okay, this movie went there. (laughs) Right, because I, I mean, t- so I'm like, okay, so he's he's gonna go to stab. Mark's gonna show up. Mark's gonna get stabbed and die, and give Julie enough time to, you know, to get, save herself and get the police. So when she died, I was like, oh, oh, and out of nowhere, it, it's, not, a, it's abrupt. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. It's it's good. So I do like that. You know, the 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 knife into her death. I just, you know, the entire time the school feels claustrophobic. Yeah, but then this chase scene is just these are the longest hallways in the history of the mm. world. Like they're just running forever. It doesn't make sense, and I think, like Mike, just echo what you said. Just no tension here because of that. You use your environment. You're you're a slasher movie set in a college. Use a classroom or something like stock yeah. between right. like the desk. Get into one of the science labs. It, something. It does not. The the you don't. I think what works. Like how this would work well is if you got a lay of the land, and you just don't. You just kind of don't. You don't know where the elevate. You don't know where that elevator is. Right. But though every, every time we see her classroom, it says bookstore this way. Yeah. Hide in the bookstore. Yeah. Use the bookstore. Use the bookstore. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. Yeah, right. that, would, that would be so much fun. Like you could do a lot with that. You could really make the world. It's not going to cost you any more money, except as long as you don't break shit. Like you yeah. can make that really fun. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to ruin those textbooks, man. They get expensive. But they're fifty percent off, though, if you bleed on them. That's true. <laughs> that's one of the perks of Splatter U. Um, but yeah, it's it's, and then then I I do think part of it works, where there's only one entrance into the school that's unlocked. Yeah, I think that was good. And they and, set that up well. And, they actually they, followed through with that idea. Yeah, and, and Mark is there and he's like trying to – he basically tried every door <laughs> except for the door in the east wing. But I, it was a good setup and it, it sets the time for these never-ending hallways. So like again, that that is a competent thing. When she called the priest that she doesn't trust – Right. Instead of the police, he says this one door is open. She doesn't trust Mark, so of course she's not going to let Mark know. So like that all made sense, and it should have been more tense, but they just they don't understand tension. Yeah, they thought that the the twist enough would be right. The twist alone would be enough to uh, compensate for a boring chase scene. Right. And it it uh, it doesn't. No, <laughs> unfortunately not. No. Um, so Julie dies. Jensen calls the police. Mark comes in. What do we think about Mark kind of figuring out and then just not finding out how he frees himself to get to the police? Like, what? So Mark's, Mark sees the cross bleeding. Yeah. And then Jensen's in the hospital. 
in the psych ward. I don't. I don't think Jensen wants to kill him because he's a man. Okay, so I, I just like it's that. But I that would be and, that would be another dick stabbing. That would be a crime of necessity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe he was just. Maybe I don't know. He was just tired of it. I don't know. The, the The concept that this movie wants Mark to be the hero after like ignoring him for half the movie and then setting him up as like the villain with no really redeeming qualities. Uh, again, like if you're gonna bail yeah. him out of being the killer, show him as like a nice guy or a good guy. But everything is just set up to make him look kind of scary so Julie will beat him over the head and run away. You know, like, who cares about yeah. Mark? Yeah, I don't want absolutely. him to be the hero at the end of this. Leave the best friend alive. Right. Make her the hero. Right, that works. See, like, here's here's the, the perfect way to handle this is that you make Mark the love interest early. After a couple of dates, she thinks that he is the killer. She sees, she's in his apartment and she sees newspaper clippings. And she's like, oh my God, this is the killer. Right. And then... So you already have him as a likable character, but now it's like, oh my god, is he the killer? Yeah. And then it kind of spirals from there. And it, it, but it, that's again, we're not the ones who made this movie, so it was made poorly. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, you you just blew my mind because I forgot that they did have a date that was actually on screen. I completely forgot about that. That's how forgettable the middle of this movie was. In my mind, it was like you heard him mentioned when the first teacher gets killed. He's absent until they start like suspecting him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He disappears. He's probably, I mean, this movie's an hour and 18 minutes. He's probably in it for eight minutes, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm probably undercutting it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and they have, but they, like, like we just talked about it. He does have this, he does have this date. You know, it, it, it goes, it, it goes so quickly. Wait, <laughs> hold on real quick about, about the, anything about Mark. What, just one thing. So. I forgot, I had to mention this. So they go to his apartment before the date. He says he's going to pour himself a drink, asks what Julie wants, has wine. And he pours her whiskey on the rocks, doesn't yeah. have anything, and then they leave. Yeah. Like they couldn't, just, she couldn't order, just ask for whiskey? Yeah, like he yeah, gives her like a highball glass and just like, yeah. Like so a he's like, glass. oh, I'm, I'm going to have a scotch yeah. or whatever. I'm gonna, no, he says whiskey. She asks for wine. He literally just pours whiskey on ice, gives it to her. She drinks it. He drinks nothing, and they're at the movies. They just teleport. It's fucking amazing. It's a traditional splatter you first date. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you ask for, you don't get. Dating back to the days when Thaddeus Splatter himself took his wife to, wife to the local tavern and poured her whiskey on the <laughs> Yeah. She asked for wine. He said... Sure, yeah. And then he gives her something else completely different. Amazing. Um, I mean, guys, I, I, I got to think we're up to awards at this point, right? I think we've hit every I think, I think we've done relevant. I think we've done the most yeah. justice splatter you has ever had. I think so. Mike, do you agree? Yeah, I, I guess to bring up one more thing, and this maybe comes up in awards, so if it does, we can table it. But I'm, I'm a shy guy with the nudity, and slasher picks like this are, are usually very exploitive in that nature. I kind of wanted to give some props that as, as mean-spirited as the movie is to women, there was not a lot of gratuitous nudity. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't anything. Yeah. Which There's a lot I of sexual violence, also, but... Oh, yes, for sure, oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But they didn't... Like you said, it wasn't exploitative. It was more just making everyone awful. Mm. Yeah, I'm, like movies like Samurai Cop, 
just make you feel kind of gross with like with oh yeah just kind of like you feel bad for the actresses when co- you watch these because yeah. it's clearly like clearly they don't want to be doing yeah this. they're coaxed into doing these scenes and right it's just like you just you just it just makes it just makes you hurt a little bit right so i do like that they just let let it be like you know especially you know because this movie going at such a you know I, what we think the point was about you know the puritanical kind of judgment for them to not be exploitative either took either these women were all like no or they were like no let's try a different approach with this which yeah i think i think was i think i don't know i feel like they would have hired girls that would have been okay with it right had, had they really wanted to had be they wanted the it was that a focus for them i um, agree especially in the early 80s i agree um so i know i i think they made a conscious effort to like yeah i want to give them that credit like this is like because it would be kind of weird, right, for, like, having a... Well, we're at a Catholic school. Right, we're in a, yeah, we're at a Catholic school. But, like, having a kind of a, a, a quote-unquote theme of this morality and then just throwing in a bunch of unnecessary nudity, I feel like even that's just, like... It doesn't mix. Way, way too yeah. confusing. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. Give I think... some props. Um, yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. Sure. Absolutely. For sure. All right. All right. So awards time. Mike, what is your who is your who or what is your MVP? It's Forbes Riley. It's it's Julie Parker and Joey had said it earlier. She's the only one who gives a shit. <laughs> like you know, on screen, yeah. she's the only one forming a semblance of a character, but off screen, she's buying her own wardrobe, she's taking notes on the continuity, she's giving a performance to the best of her ability through bad writing like you can feel her heart. The, you know, we opened. I said, I, I always give props to these type of movies. People who have passion and heart and who are just going to get the job done, even if it sucks. Yeah. That's her. Like, she did it. She doesn't seem to have any malice or hard feelings about it. I'm sure this is not a feather in her cap that she loves to talk about. But <laughs> I, I can feel that coming through the screen. She won me over. Easy pick for me. Same. I could, I'm 100% in agreement. I think me that's too. the easy MVP for this. Yeah, me too. It's, it's um, you know, as, as an actor, you can only control so much. And she tried to control and, more than she was given. And I yeah. give her a lot of props and respect for that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I, think, she, I think she's well-deserving of the MVP for this movie. Now more fun. LVP. Grant, who do you got for LVP? Mine is... Sal Lumetta, who plays Wolf. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. That guy sucks. That guy sucks. <laughs> so I, 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 the the howling annoyed me. The least redeemable character in the history of movies. Yeah, and and I don't, I and this isn't this isn't even like a thing about the character, like because the character obviously is terrible. I don't like giving it to the character. I like to give it to yeah not the actor, yet. and it just um. I feel like they're just like, oh, do you have any hidden talents? And he's like, I can do this wolf thing. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, just do that the entire movie. And we're going to call you Wolf. Yeah, we're going to call you Wolf. So, yeah, that so Sal Lumetta uh, is my LVP. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Joey, who do you got? Okay, so for me, this movie has four writers. Mm. The four writers are the LVP. That, Not one of them. That's mine, too. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. Mike, I love it. We're on the same page. Not one of them was like, hey, guys, we have to follow through with one idea. It's like, what are we doing here? Right. Yeah. Four people had their hands in this. Now, 
If someone wants to make the argument that there was just too many hands, no. That's wrong. Because nobody <laughs> said, hey guys, we have sliced th- we have threads all over the place. We need to tie at least a quarter of them up to make people feel satisfied at the end. They just left them all flopping in the wind. You, you can say that Splatter U is kind of the, uh, the how green was my valley of <laughs> slasher food, <laughs> slasher flicks. Ooh. I, I said that specifically to piss Kieran off. I know. I says. love how green is my valley, but I know that wasn't meant for me. <laughs> I can hear him screaming over the ether. Oh, Kieran's not happy. He he, he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like what we do. Here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a tricky one because as we mentioned, not not a lot of this feels like there was a script that was being adhered to. This felt like stuff that was come up with yeah. over drinks the night before. But yeah, the the lack of commitment to narrative, just the. What do college kids talk about? How do college kids act? Well, they're they're really self-absorbed, so they're not going to care about, you know, people getting brutally murdered on campus. <laughs> like, it, it's got to be the screenwriters who in no way, shape, or form tried to course correct any of that. You know what I just thought about when you were talking? You guys remember the movie Dead Man on Campus? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So... Not super redeemable characters, but at least they were like, "Oh my God! If my roommate dies, I get all A's." There was a there was a motive. There <laughs> right. was a there, there was, was a purpose. A they were through line. They were driven towards something. Yeah. Right, scumbags, but they had a purpose in being scumbaggery. That's, and I, yeah, that's the real twist. It's it's Tony and all the guys, so they never have to take a final or a midterm because they hate <laughs> it so much. If they just keep killing people. They'll never have That's to it, finish the class. Even though this movie does set up, if your teacher gets murdered at the end of semester, <laughs> you have to take the whole class over. But you don't have to take the midterm. You're missing the big picture here. They yeah. don't like midterms. It's like none of them graduate because all they get are incompletes. <laughs> like they never get like a letter grade. When I was in college, I took a Spanish class. Uh, like I somehow. It, tested into like way higher spanish than i was capable of and she died well no (laughs) so we had the final i mean she might have we had the final and then she disappeared she just never came back and she like she never put a grade in so we all got a's oh this woman literally she she was supposed to teach the next year she never showed up to any of your classes they never no one was ever able to get in touch with her and i kind of regret saying what i said (laughs) okay but hang on do you notice how you just shared an anecdote and two of us who have no experience with this woman and are decades away from her had a moment of somber concern for what happened to her? Yeah. Yeah. That's this how you how people re- this, is how, this is how people react to news like that. They take right. at least a minute right. to be exactly. like, oh man. If well, this if this was well, a we'll Splatter right. You plot podcast, yeah. you guys would have been like, oh, well, fuck that bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. What movie was she, what movie was she watching? <laughs> Guys, you want to go get some beers? You want your periods? <laughs> what do you want, your fucking period? Oh man! Um, all right, so now we're up to participation award. Yeah. Um, I'll go first here. My participation award is Father Jensen. Um, you okay. know, broken yeah. out, paranoid, schizophrenic, pretends to be a priest, lands <laughs> the job, and leads a college in a very short time. So he's a go getter. And he hides his knives in very clever places. Okay. Yeah, that's a solid pick. Mike, what do you got? I'm going with Mary Ellen David as Mrs. Bloom. I, I'm a sucker for the sweet old lady characters. Um, she she was great. I was very on board for the secret reveal of her being the killer. But I, she was the one character 
who every time she showed up, I was happy to see her. Uh, that's my participation as well. Oh um, man, it's uh, I think I think we all have a neighbor like this, where they just don't know when to shut up, or like, and they just keep on coming. But their heart the is good. Yeah, but their their hearts are the right. Intentions place. are good, and that's what you love to see. Yeah, and she seemed like a pretty decent landlord. Um, so yeah, Mary, Mary Ellen, David did a did a fantastic job. Yeah, as Mrs. Bloom, she did good. Yeah. She was, and my wife liked her too. My wife was like, "How did they find this woman? Was she friends with the director? Does I, she live in the building? I, because she's doing she great." Seems local. I thought it was like the director's mom. Right. I thought it was the director's mom, like like Scorsese's mom. Yeah, but like it was <laughs> it was very funny. She was like, she's like, it's like I understand how they got Julie. Like Julie was just like Miss. Teen America or whatever, so now she's trying to get into acting, and she was in an episode of Boy Meets World. She still has IMDb credits now, active. Yeah, good for her. So she nice. has like a real career. Yeah. So like it makes sense when she's twenty, she would hop in on this for sure. But Miss Bloom, she probably is retired. <laughs> so so the next categories are our very specific worst picture cast categories. Yes. Um, and they they relate to the Oscars that year. So that year, the winner of Best Picture. Was Amadeus. Mm-hmm. So our next category is Amadeus Splatter University. Where are you going? Um, Amadeus. Yeah, Amadeus. Amadeus is. I, I really enjoy Amadeus. Uh, I think it's very good. Not all the time, but I would say most. I would say most. Most of the time, of the time it's 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's still a three hour period piece, right? And. Um, Sometimes you're just not in the mood for that kind of stuff. So, but Amadeus, it's for so sure. it's it's such a, a like an overly competent movie <laughs> is the worst thing I could say about Amadeus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean it's it's Amadeus. Amadeus is actually, so good. It actually has like like themes and like plots that actually make sense. Glorious <laughs> themes. Yeah. Mike, what about you? Uh, yeah, Mike's like splatter you. I don't know what you guys yeah, are talking Amadeus. about. Yeah, Amadeus. <laughs> I mean the the only. The only caveat I have is exactly what Grant just said. Like time-wise, uh, an hour eighteen minutes is a right. pretty sweet apple to pick. But I mean, oh, yeah. Amadeus is potentially the best best picture winner of the '80s. It's so freaking good. I I think I'd go for yeah. it every time. Yeah, it's such a fantastic movie. It's really hard to go against Amadeus. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that's an easy one. Yeah. So our, easy one. so our next category, mm-hmm. we open it up to all the nominees that year. So the nominees that year were Amadeus, which was the winner, mm-hmm. The Killing Fields, A Passage to India, Places in the Heart, and A Soldier's Story. And what we do in this category is we do an actor swap. We take one movie from one of the nominated movies. One, Sorry. We take one actor from one of the nominated movies or the winning movie, and we replace it with the movie we covered. So what we are doing is absolutely destroying an oscar nominated or oscar winning movie to make a bad movie slightly better Mm -hmm. um i have a feeling there might be some overlap here but i don't know we always surprise us who wants to go first mine's a little long-winded so you may want to save me (laughs) oh it's interesting all right so i'll go first um yeah. All right. Well, Mike, we'll let you close out this category then. So mine is I'm unfortunately destroying <laughs> Amadeus. Um, F. Murray Abraham is coming in and he is being Father yeah. Jensen. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he, 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 and, he and Dick Beale. <laughs> so Dick Beale is Salieri as the least convincing. 
But <laughs> poor, oh my god. Think about and F. Marie Abraham. Amadeus sucks so hard. So hard. But just think about think about F. Murray Abraham wheeling up to the <laughs> wheeling up to the bleachers and being like mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tested curriculum. <laughs> well, they both wind up in similar places at the end oh, of each movie, yes. so it's <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that is very continuity. That's very fair. So their their roles really aren't that aren't that dissimilar. Okay. Um, so Mike, but yeah, go, please expand. Okay, well, th- so that was going to be mine, and I, I kind of wanted to go a little bit off the beaten path. So my swap Perfect. improves neither movie. Like, I am absolutely making both movies <laughs> worse. I'm doing this. I love this. I am so doing this out of spite. This is this is a spiteful swap. Yes. So this, this goes back to Forbes Riley as MVP. I am going to swap her as the lead... In Passage to India, she's going to play the role of Adela Quested, and Judy Davis is going to come in and play Julie Parker for Splatter You. Now, here's why: this Forbes Riley we've mentioned, she gave it her all. She went above and beyond. She was taking continuity. No, she bought her own mm-hmm. wardrobe. This is a woman who wants to work. She's got she's passionate for the project. Now, I don't know all the stories. I'm not trying to lambast Judy Davis, but by all accounts. David Lean was really difficult to work with on Passage to India, and he had not made a movie in 14 years, and Judy Davis especially was coming at him hard. She was accusing him of not being able to direct. They, like, were not on speaking terms. And, honestly, her role in the movie is this quiet, mousy school teacher who's accompanying this old lady to India under the guidance of she wants to see India. She doesn't want to see posh Britain anymore she wants to have an adventure but her the whole time she's so stoic like she's she sees no wonder in it at all she's so I want to swap I want Forbes Riley to come in and be filled with wonder at the amazing visuals David Lean has you're in India you're seeing the moonlight on the Ganges she would be excited about it and guess what she'd be stoked to work with David Lean like it wouldn't be the best working environment I'm not saying it's idyllic but the woman wants to work let her work in the last David Lean epic. And Judy Davis, who didn't have a great time, she can come fill in in the thankless role as the sociology professor <laughs> trying to solve the murder mystery. That's my swap. I think she deserves the upgrade. Yeah. So I think, personally, it's, it's much better for her, yep. which I support. I want to get her on the map. D- David Lean would fucking destroy her. I know. This is, yeah, he, <laughs> that's the other thing. Is like, she's, David Lean... Would just chew her up and spit her out. I know. So, so oh, maybe it would boy. be a curse because the other fun thing is that it's it's such a British movie. That's the whole thing is about being British and Forbes Riley is yeah. decidedly this, not this British. From, this this girl. No, from, she sounds like us. Yeah, this, this girl from Oceanside <laughs> is just like, oh my god. So like, I'm from Long Island, guys. <laughs> uh, I I did have another one um, from the Killing Fields. Okay. It's a very somber movie about uh, a mass genocide. Yeah. And, but I was going to replace. I'll give Sam Waterston's in that. A, young, a younger okay. Sam Waterston's in that. I was oh. going to re- swap him and Rick Randig for. A, <laughs> it's Mark, right? And Mark, yeah, for Mark <laughs> in this in this really tough to watch movie about a uh, an Asian genocide. Oh, Mark would fail so bad. Oh, that's so good. Bad. But. <laughs> 
no, nothing, nothing, oh. to, nothing to me beats the 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 idea of F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, I mean, Splatter Universe. Yeah. Oh, it would be amazing just watching <laughs> yeah. him. But just like fully, like a hundred and ten percent F. Murray Abraham, fully committed, like committed yeah. to the point of like absurdity. Yeah, as only yeah, he can. Oh my god, sure. that's exciting. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you have to do. I mean, he was in that. He's in that news show, the Apple Show, with um, Rob McElhenney. Um, and he, he oh, goes, really? yeah, and he, and he's hysterical in it. Okay. He's a writer of this like video game, that's great. and he's just so pompous and out of control, but he's so much fun. Now, F. Murray Abraham was in Thirteen Ghosts, so he does do really bad horror. So he has done really bad and horror. Done, movies. Yeah, wow, that's a tough one. So, I mean, although that was like a theatrical movie, yeah. and that's a bad movie. It's a, I mean, it's a it's terrible a movie. movie, but yeah, it's a heartless bad movie. It is uninspired. Yeah, uninspired bad movie. Yeah. Um, all right, so our last category is this movie with a twenty million dollar budget. So, like we said at the beginning, this movie had a fifty thousand dollar budget. That I am not a hundred percent sure where they spent it on, but they spent fifty thousand dollars on this. Sure did. So we asked, what would this movie be with twenty million dollars? And listen, and sometimes our answers has been, you know, leave it alone. This movie, all the charm <laughs> in the world, we don't want it touched. Other times we have a whole lot of suggestions. And I have yeah. a feeling this is going to be one of those ones where we have a whole lot of suggestions. Yeah. I'll, I'll go first. We, we alluded to this before about kind of taking away from the kids and, and, and kind of beefing up like the, the principal characters of this, of this right? Like yeah. you know, Jansen and, and Julie and Mark. So I feel like just more footage of that, kind of more footage in the classroom. Like with 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 twenty million dollars, you can you can rent out the campus for actually for two weeks, right? Instead of just the one, and and you can actually do what you wanted to do. Maybe hire somebody for continuity purposes. Yes, yeah, we need we need we need an, we need a continuity purpose. We need yeah. a person who's like, oh, you're not wearing the same clothes from the first three weeks of school. Yeah, I, yeah, like you know, yeah, wardrobe. Right. I think I think twenty million dollars goes a long way in in t shirts and and acid wash jeans. So um, yeah, that that'd be where I'd go. Yeah, my whole I was my whole focus with this would be continuity and world building. Like okay. I want to I want to live with Julie more. I want to live with Jensen more. Like, and I want to see Jensen apart from Julie more because we don't see him really separate from her. So yeah. like, build him up more. You know, maybe close some things up because you know, like Mike, you had said earlier, make Mark a journalism teacher. Like, build the world, build the school a little bit more because. I mean, we've been joking for the entire time we've been doing this, how this is a sociology-only school, because that's the only world they built. They really just shortcut the whole thing. Like, I don't believe Wolfman is a fucking sociology major. <laughs> no. I don't believe Wolfman can read. He's not now out there looking for the best, you know, trying to help society and look at, like, societal He's, differences. Like, Wolf is definitely doing, like, sports management right. classes. Exactly. Yeah. Like. So, you know, really big wardrobe, continuity, like those things, like people. And, you know, I, I said in my snarky synopsis, there's too many actors for the amount of characters they built. Like, just build a world. I don't, every time there's a cutscene, don't go to the same shot of the campus of people walking through the same way. Like, do that twice. With the same, with the same music. Exactly. <laughs> in the background, yeah. Exactly. Mike, what like, about you? 20 million. I mean, months. a lot of mine have been taken, like, uh build not the world like get some other professors other subjects set like like we said set up that there's a science teacher so you can use that in like the final showdown you know give 
build out right, the environment. Right. I, I don't think you necessarily even need a wardrobe department. I think you need to give like each of the principals like 150 bucks and send them to, you know, like uh, Plato's Closet wasn't around. That. Send them to like a thrift store or whatever and like yeah, do, do the wardrobe, yeah, yeah, exactly. like have them flesh out the character through, you know, hand-me-down t-shirts and stuff. I haven't picked that yeah, my, yeah. So my big thing is put put a lot of it to like a writer's retreat. Get them some time to flesh out the themes, the story. <laughs> the, the specific ask I have, especially for the research, is you get a, a student consultant for for all the writing. You, and, and it's specific. You, yeah, it's you get a woman. You, you get a female student who actually like had to attend a religious yeah. school and, and kind of against their will, kind of like their parents were going to front tuition but only if they went to like this catholic school but they partied the whole time so so get okay. them in there sure to get some authenticity to the dialogue the experience it has to be someone who's actually had sex before because tony and is doreen that we talked about that makeout session that was not overseen by anybody who had actually been intimate with another human being in their life so get them consulting <laughs> no you're yeah, right get them consulting on all that to lend some authenticity and, and you pay them well you take care you scholarship them you get their their books, their classes, Ooh, meal plan. You okay. give them the works. I love nice. it. Nice, I love it. Yeah, that's that, that's a wonderful idea. I, I think I think that's actually believability sorely needed in this movie, just to kind of make the kids feel real. Yeah, and then if the kids felt real, then maybe this would have. Maybe this would have worked. You feel know. right because then maybe we maybe we came. Yeah, you'd shit. feel for the victims. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, and I, I think on that note, that is Splatter University. That's yeah, man. Wow. Well, what a what a what an adventure. Yeah. Um. So, um, Mike, um, we went all this way talking about a really bad movie. Like you said before, you talk about good movies. Usually, uh, just tell us tell us about your podcast. Tell us tell us what you uh, tell us what you're all I, about. I joke, Cinema is the podcast that's on perpetual hiatus. At this point, it's the podcast that releases when I've uh, got a minute, which is so few and far between now. <laughs> we appreciate everybody who sticks it out with us. We we talk usually prestigious movies because we're talking about movies from the book, a thousand one movies you must see before you die. We discuss them, we analyze them, we ultimately leave it up to the audience, though, on uh, our Twitter polls to decide if the movie is truly a movie everybody has to see or if it's kind of just for some people. I have a lot of fun. I've had you guys on the show. Joey, you talked Chinatown with me, and you guys have had two of my favorite episodes. The Chinatown episode and Grant's Snow White episode um, have both been fun favorites of mine out of the past run we've done recently. And, um, yeah, so so sorry to say we're not delivering steady output, but... I'm hoping to get some stuff in this summer. We're nearing our 100th episode. I'd love to get that out before the year is over. So we appreciate everybody who follows our tags at Cinemus um, so you can participate in those polls to get the movies on or off the must-see movies list. That's awesome. I yeah. mean, Mike, we, you know, I, mean, I love being on that podcast. I know Grant did too. I think all your podcasts are super listenable. You do, you do fantastic work over there. And I, I love voting in your pool, polls and getting mad at people who vote wrong. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> People have been voting right with you guys. Chinatown and Snow White handily made must-see movie status. Yeah, we were I mean, very convincing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that must have been it. Yeah, that's it. That yeah. being epic all-time movies. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was clearly Grant and I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Your your podcast is great, and um, and it was it was really fun to be a part of it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to your uh, to your next one. Yeah, man. We're all in. We love what you do over there, and we're so happy you were able to come come join us in the dregs of movies. I love movies. it. It's super fun talking to you guys. I'm going to get you on Cinemus again. Oh, awesome. for sure. Awesome. Definitely. Can't wait. 
And yeah, then you're also going to be joining us on um, on Best Picture Cast pretty soon. Yeah, Capra Talk. So I'm excited. We'll, uh, uh, that's our first. This is our our, our Capra movie that we'll yep. be discussing. And is this our first? This is our first Jimmy Stewart movie, right? We have no no other supplemental movies that we we talked about. Rear Window during the Rebecca episode. Yeah, that's about it, though. Yeah, and that was more me talking. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that'll be the first. That'll be the first. So th- this is going to be a big episode. So I'm really excited for it. I yeah, think we all are. You can't you can't take it with you. It will be uh will be coming up. It's uh, I have not seen it yet. Uh, full disclosure, but I'm sure it's going to be a lot better than Splatter You. So hot take. <laughs> Right. Uh, so yeah. Um, um, any 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 last thoughts? Anything? Is, is everything said that needed to be said about this? I I think I'm good. I you guys good. You know, it's it's rare that I'm out of words to say, but I think I'm good. We we definitely gave this a lot more attention than it than it needed. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope this makes it to Forbes Riley. I think she deserves yeah. to hear the love. I hope I hope so. Uh, Forbes, we love you, and then uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. All right, so for Mike and Joey, I'm Grant. Have a good night. Bye.